Hello, Formula One fans. We are one day closer to lights out and away we go in Bahrain. Round one of the 2023 Formula One season. Rome, there's a lot of anticipation in the air, a lot of excitement surrounding these livery releases. Past couple of days, we've had Williams Racing and Alfa Romeo release their car. What stands out to you from a color perspective, from a livery perspective? I'll start with Williams first, Rome. Yeah, I feel like the Williams livery just looks absolutely beautiful. This I know we're like four liveries in right now, but to me, this is probably the best one. I think just from the way you look at it, like I don't know if it was the way they lit it with those blue lights or with those like Williams Racing screens surrounding it, but it just looks like so pretty and so beautiful. The, the, a couple things that I could get a knock on here are the numbers. I don't like the numbers. They're just too like abstract from the color scheme of the blue and different shades of blue. And that Duracell battery thing at the top just looks kind of weird for me. I, I I guess I'm gonna have to get used to it because I guess Duracell is one of their top sponsors right now. And they announced uh, earlier before this livery announcement that Golf would be their title sponsor, which should be very interesting. They're gonna wear Golf all over their driver suits and on the car and stuff like that. So that should be interesting. And I think just from the livery perspective, like I feel like to me, you would get this like an eight out of 10 for me just because of the way it just looks with the lighting and everything, just the way they shot it. It just looks so beautiful. But on the grid could be a different story. But for right now, I'd probably give this livery an eight out of 10. Yeah, I think Williams has done a really nice job promoting this car. You mentioned the background, the blue lid background makes it look really cool, in my opinion. And I'm actually somewhat of a fan of the Duracell battery. I know people have got, given it some slack, but I kind of like it. It's a little out of the ordinary. Um, showcasing their sponsor, proud to show Duracell on their car. And I think it could be kind of a cool feature to see, you know, going 200 miles an hour around all these famous tracks in Europe. So I know it's getting some slack from you and, some, and some, from some others, but I think it's going to grow on us as the season goes on, which usually happens with a lot of these cars. I mean, we talked about the likes of Red Bull and Haas the other day. And obviously, you know, it's not, we can't judge these cars until we see drivers inside of them, you know? So it's yeah, 100%. Okay, that's way for preseason testing. But obviously, we want to release some constant right now. So this is kind of what we're doing. Um, but let's talk about Williams' season outlook for as a whole. You know, obviously, Alex Albon, I think, is probably in our top three favorite drivers, you know, both for you and I. Um, really promising young talent. And you bring in the American Logan Sargent. You know, it's been a while since we've had an American driver on the Formula One grid. There's a lot of excitement surrounding Sargent. Can he live up to the hype is the question, you know, coming from American racing. But Albon is a proven talent, and he showed that last season. Obviously, Williams finishing last, and the constructors doesn't show for it. However, what I think it's safe to say that he outperformed that car massively. I mean... Look at the points that he picked up, a ninth-place finish in Miami, a 10th-place finish in Australia, a 10th-place finish in Belgium. I mean, you're talking about the top five cars usually finishing in those two positions, and he drove the heck out of that car last year. So your thoughts on Albon, you know, probably taking a step forward once again this season, but also questions surrounding Logan Sargent because there's a little bit of an unknown cloud over his name at the moment. Can he succeed in Formula 1, do you think? Yeah, I think, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get to my opinion about Sarge in a second because we're going to talk a lot about him. But first, I want to just echo your points about Albon. 
because you guys know how much I love this guy. Like there's the reason why I named him most improved driver last year. And like you said, even though he only got three points, he was fighting in the top 10 pretty much on a consistent basis and overachieving in a subpar car. But of course, the man of the hour for me is, is Logan Sargent. The first American driver in F1 since Alexander Rossi in almost a decade has been estimated around six years, some say eight years. And I know F1 has been in America on and off ever since its maiden season in 1950, but now America is really starting to take F1 seriously with, of course, Drive to Survive and ESPN coverages of all the free practices, qualifyings and race day coverage and sprints and whatnot. And to me, this only heightens American interest. And with three races in America, it's going to be awesome to see if the interest in the state skyrockets even further than last season. But back to the driver lineup, though, even though I don't think Williams are going to score a ton of points, I think both drivers will give a crap ton of effort in that car. And honestly, they might even fight with the the, the top 10 or top 10 drivers on, on, on any given race, because that's what these guys can do. And that's the potential that they have in that car, as we've seen from last year. Yeah, and luckily for Sargent now, you know, with the addition of Las Vegas Grand Prix, there is now three races in his home country. So you don't get to see, you don't get that many opportunities. You know, as an F1 driver, you look at Lewis Hamilton, he goes to Silverstone once a year. You go, you look at Danny Ricardo, he goes to Australia once a year, at least once upon a time. Three races in your home country is very rare. It doesn't happen in Formula 1. He's the only driver on this grid that's luckily to say that he has three. I know some have two, but... um. It's going to be a lot of excitement surrounding Logan Sargent, a young talent, uh, you know, coming from F2. Like you mentioned, the first American driver in almost eight years. As he takes the grip for the 2023 season, giving the country a home favorite to cheer once more on. You know, he was a prolific title winning in Cardin. Um, he finished runner-up in F4, uh, third in British F4, and third in F3. And, you know, he's been rising alongside the ranks in F2 these past couple of seasons. And I think he really deserves a chance at this F1 seat. And it's going to be exciting to see the partnership of him and Albon going forward. Because if you look at last year, you know, Williams only scored eight points in total, but they were very far behind, you know, their their, their biggest competitor, which is Alphatari. Can they close that gap this year is my question. I think Haas will probably be the ones who are followed that ninth place position. Maybe the ones that are battling Williams for that ninth spot, but it should be interesting to see Sargent and Abon because they're a young duo and this could be the, the the partnership for the next five, dare I say, 10 years because, you know, Williams is a team that's on the rise. They, they have had success in the past in F1 and they want to regain those championship seasons. You know, as, as crazy as it might sound, they are capable. They have the sponsorship for Mercedes. They have the young drivers now. So the, the sky is the limit for, for Williams, in my opinion, and like you mentioned uh, with Abon. But the last thoughts on Williams, Rome. Yeah, I do. I do definitely echo your points yet again. I think, well, Sargent last year was P4 in F2. So, and he was competing with guys like Teo Porsche, who's in the Alfa Romeo Sauber Academy, Liam Lawson, who's in the Red Bull Academy, and Felipe Djokovic, of course, who took home the Drivers' Championship for F2 last season. So, just to be in that conversation with those guys that are obviously going to get F1 seats. In the near future, if those seats open up from probably one of the sister teams or for Red Bull, maybe Liam Moss goes to Alphatari, maybe eventually Drogovic and Porcher go to Romeo and Aston Martin at some point. They probably will because I think they're that talented of drivers. So the fact that Sargent already gets that competitiveness with those top three guys and the fact he's going to be more experienced in an F1 car than those guys, I feel like he's just going to take it to another level. At some point, I don't think it's this year. 
but maybe give him two, three, four, maybe even five years, and he's going to be like a top driver in this in this sport. I think. And definitely, you know, for the American audience, it's just going to make F one even larger than it already is. Um, down over here in um, Western, uh, in the Western world. So we're looking forward to seeing an America on the grid. But like you mentioned, um, Albon is no no person that we should be overshadowing. I mean, his accomplishments last season were uh, amazing in that dreadful Williams car, let's be honest. I mean, partnership with Nicholas Latifi, that was just a dud season for Williams. They want to forget that and, and just move on to 2023, which, you know, I think they have, you know, by dropping Latifi and bringing in a young, exciting talent like Sargent. Let's then move on to Rome to Alfa Romeo's livery launch. Your first thoughts, you know, their colors are stay mostly consistent. Um, red, black, there's not as much white on the car, if any, this season, um, in the season's livery, you know, which is a change from 2021 to 2022, which is interesting. But, I honestly, I I'm a I'm a I'm a decently I'm a decently you know big fan of this car. I wouldn't rate it above the Williams livery, but the only thing I I I don't love is, and I know this isn't to their fault, but their colors kind of remind me of the AFC Bournemouth um, Premier League team. And I'm just the cherry and the black. I just I don't think it's a great combination of one another. I do like the stake partnership um, that they have on their car this season. I think that just shows how much sports betting and sports gambling is growing in the in the whole world. Um and and it's it's bringing a lot of revenue to the to the sport like F1. So I'm a, I'm a fan of that. But your first thoughts on Alfa Romeo's uh, livery room. Um when I when I woke up this morning, probably about you know seven o'clock this morning, I looked through my phone and I I see oh Alfa Romeo already announced their livery already. I was like, okay, I thought they would announce it like a few hours later, but okay, I guess it's European time. Might as well go crazy then. <laughs> and just kind of looking at this for my first thoughts, I don't really like it a lot. I mean, the red and the black, like you said to me, I mean, it looks fine. I, I kind of have an iffy feeling about this livery because I feel like I might not like it now, but I feel like I'll love it once it's on grids across the world. And I feel like that red and black for right now just doesn't go well together for me. And I feel like I'm in that same predicament with Hass though, because you guys remember when I said like, they had the like white and red on the top and black on the bottom. And I feel like you can't just split those two together. You either go with one or the other for me, because to me, when I look at a car, a race car, I want it to be at least a little monochromatic with little splat splotches of color every now and then, but it's, it's not bad, it's, but it's, it's, it's not great either. So I'd probably give it out of 10, probably like a six out of 10 for right now. Interesting. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. You know, the likes of Zhou Guan Yu and the, you know, very talented and respected veteran Valtteri Botas in that Alfa Romeo car. Let's talk about their outlook for the 2023 season, Rome, because, you know, they, they ended up finishing above Aston Martin on a tiebreaker of 55 points in, in sixth place in the Hunter Championship, but well off the pace, over 100 points off the pace from the best of the rest fight between McLaren and Alpine. You know, they're kind of finding themselves in this middle range right now. Your thoughts on... Valtteri Botas, but also can Joe Guanyu take that next step? I think that's the big question that is surrounding Alfa Romeo at the moment because 18th place, I just don't think is good enough. I know there's the talent there, but you know, and it was his rookie season, of course, but can he take that next step to to improve, you know, Alfa Romeo's chances with battling, you know, with the likes of Alpine and McLaren? Well, first, I just want to like 
talk talk about your point about Botas because I'm kind of on the I'm kind of playing devil's advocate with Botas because even though he did get into top ten in points last season, I think he had one of the more disappointing seasons in his career. Whether it was the six DNFs he had or the seven races where he scored outside of the points. Let's just face it, it was nowhere near the performance he had in Mercedes. And that was kind of expected to go from like the Titan that is Mercedes to kind of a midfield slash backmarker car in Alfa Romeo. But hopefully Alpha took time to upgrade the reliability stuff over the offseason because Valtteri is going to need that heavily going into this year. And as for Joe, I think similar to Albon, the point total is deceiving for me because he was quietly one of the best midfield drivers last year. And again, the five DNFs are an issue that the team itself needs to fix. But look for Joe, kind of like what I said about K-Mag the other day, to be that Pierre Gasly 2022 in an Alpha Tari type season where he's fighting in the top 10, almost on a consistent basis, like I said, with Albon as well, and only grabbing just a little bit of the points, maybe like P9 or P10, maybe on a consistent basis. But this, is, this, is, this might surprise some people. It's not going to surprise me, though, but this is still a hot take. I would not be surprised if Joe beats out Botas this season. And now kind of switching from the drivers to the team perspective, I think they 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 did a great job hiring some new guys. They they hired a new CEO in former McLaren team principal Andre Seidel, which should give them some experience there. And a newly hired team principal in Alessandro Aluni Bravi, who's been a part of this Sauber Alpha Romeo group since its entry into F1 in 2017. So Interesting to see where this will go for Alpha in their last year before Sauber, of course, takes over as the single as the single team name for a few years. And then the long-awaited Audi will come into the fold in 2026. It's going to be very exciting to see that um, Audi partnership, you know, coming into the F1 grid. Um, cannot wait for their engine to be um, amongst, uh, you know, the most iconic brands in all of motorsport um so yeah i mean last thoughts on on these two teams rome you know i think joe should be shooting for that 13 to 15 range of the season you know i think he can outperform a guy like a, a guy like lance troll in my opinion he can outperform a guy like dare i say he can outperform a guy like kevin magnuson um and and who finished 13th last season so so Hot take from your your perspective, and we'll see how that turns into fruition. Um, that'd be a good clip to put on the reel, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> kind of had that in the back of my mind when you when you said that, so really excited <laughs> for that. But let's look at just 2023 as a whole, Rome, because there's some really exciting races. I mean, obviously, you look at the calendar, and you know we start in Bahrain, of course, and then go to Saudi Arabia and Australia as the usual. Then it's Azerbaijan and Miami, and then Emilia Romagna. And uh, Monaco, which I will be attending, which I cannot wait for. Let's go. Um, hoping to get press passes for the race, both in Monaco, but also if we can take a trip down to Miami, that'd be, I think, pretty cool as well. Um, the yeah, weekend definitely. of uh, May 7th, I believe it's May 6th and 7th, uh, qualifying on Saturday and, and the race on Sunday, of course. So, you know, around the Hard Rock Stadium, maybe that's a trip that we can take. That'd be a lot of fun. But, you know, I guess, you know, among the new races on the calendar, you got Las Vegas, Qatar returns. Um, and also you have, you know, the likes of Azerbaijan and Baku uh, a little bit earlier on the season that we're expecting um, than, than, than usually is. So your thoughts on, you know, the first couple of races and 
where do you think, you know, halfway through the season, we're going to be sitting in, uh, in the Contractors Championship, but also in the World Drivers Championship? I think I think this calendar just looks super interesting. I mean, up and down, like the Miami GP, Baku always produces great races. Uh, Monaco, of course, the crown jewel of them all. Um, Red Bull Ring, Silverstone, uh, Zanvoort, Singapore, Qatar, Austin, Vegas, like Sao Paulo, even they produced a fantastic race last year. I think in my opinion, that was probably the second best race of the year behind only Silverstone, in my opinion. So I feel like when you get that stacked of a calendar and once you get that stacked of grids that are on that calendar, it's absolutely incredible for F1 fans to just watch these guys just race and just have fun and like go crazy and try and compete with the best of the best. And that's all you want if you're an F1 fan, just for some entertainment. And we, 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 we of course get to talk about it after the fact, but it's always fun to watch it in the moment and always be intrigued by the racing and stuff like that and the action that happens, but just to kind of like tease my like drivers and constructors championship predictions. I do think that the back marker teams like Aston Martin Haas, Alphatar and Williams, those four teams are going to be in a tight competition this year for better and for worse. So I, I you'll, you'll see in my driver's predictions that I do have some teams kind of grouped in there. Some surprises you'll see in the back marker area that you might not have thought before. Um, and then, of course, the top six just absolutely killing it. So it'll it'll be fun to kind of talk about that in due time. But we got some great liveries coming up, Shane. I mean, we got Alpha Tara coming up on February 11th. We got Aston Martin and McLaren coming up on the 13th. And then I think we have, was it Ferrari the 14th, Mercedes the 15th, and Alpine the, Alpine 16th. the 16th. We're getting like, we're getting some insane, like, content here just rushing through the month of February where it was just dead and dry throughout the last few months of december and january mm. so just to get f1 back is just something special like i can't wait for march 5th already we i'm sure we both can't wait for march 5th to be honest yeah and before we know it you know we'll be at preseason testing um very very soon you know and i think that you know my bull prediction for the first part of the season before um the summer break i i won't say the person's name right now but I'll say who it's not going to be leading the driver's championship with the summer break is going to be Max Verstappen. Um, I think he's going to get off to a little bit of a slow start, um, especially in the first couple of races. I mean, obviously he won Saudi Arabia last season um, early on, but I think that this driver that I'm going to talk about a little bit later has a chance to rack up the the first four races of the season, which would give him a lot of momentum, you know, going forward. So I'll, we'll we will preview that in the next couple of episodes, but um, just wanted to throw that little bit tidbit out there right now. But um, yeah, we got drivers ride coming up in a couple of weeks. Rome, um, really excited for that. Really excited to see you know the likes of Gunther Steiner back, um, Christian Horner, always entertaining guys, um, and let's see how they cover Max Verstappen's dominant season because you know he was a guy that in twenty twenty one while he won the drivers championship, they didn't give him a he wasn't on the the screen a bunch you know so. Um, he's probably going to get a little bit more screen time in 2022, but also for this next couple of seasons, um, because I think, I think Netflix and him kind of resolved their little bit of an issue if I'm, if I'm correct. So um, I'm just super pumped for the new F1 season, new opportunities and a new constructors and drivers championship, because you just never know where this can go. I mean, I, in my opinion, and this might sound like a bold take, but off the top of my head, 
there's five drivers, in my opinion, that can win the drivers' championship this season. Really? Five, is yeah. is that deep? Is that deep? I mean, to be fair though, I got four. Okay. And you and you already know the four, but I'm gonna let the people know the four in a couple of weeks. But that's that's very interesting. It's, yeah, it's so getting a while. We'll it's leave it on that note. Um, but yeah, until next time, F1 fans, we've got some liveries coming up. Obviously, Rome, you mentioned. You know, the likes of Aston Martin and McLaren coming up uh, a week from yesterday. And then Ferrari, Mercedes, Alpine um, to round it off. So really excited to see, especially the Silver Arrows car. They've been teasing it on social media. Um, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm a big Mercedes fan. Will it be silver? Will it be black? Um, in my opinion, they should go all black because uh, this, that just brings up so many good memories from W11. So um just looking forward to seeing you know that car come out because i'm just a mercedes fanboy and uh it's it feels like a season of rebirth for this team um so we'll get into that a little bit later when that car comes out but Rome, any last thoughts before we uh run out the episode i mean just one more thing like imagine like mercedes and matisse in this livery all on their ig pages the entire it looks like a couple weeks now hmm. people are saying it's been black and uh, i mean what what if they tease it and then they just make you believe it's black and then it's some like weird like chrome white or something like mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like they're just gonna try and get your attention to just tease you a little bit and then just snatch you and be like oh whoops there's a white car right there sorry we, we kind of finessed you for a second I feel like I feel like they would pull that off I feel like Toto is kind of scheming something in the back of that administration mm-hmm for mm-hmm. social media they're they're gonna try and just scheme something up to make the fans excited and then just snatch their hearts out i feel like that's what it's gonna be well we'll be coming to you guys in the next couple of days next couple of weeks with more livery episode releases hoping to get some guests on the show as well um some of our friends but also i'm trying to reach out to some f1 journalists i won't say any names at the moment but um and f1 commentators um there's a certain name that i think a lot of people know that i don't have to say um, that I really love to have on this podcast. Um, but yeah, just looking forward to, you know, getting some prominent guests on this show, but also bringing back some of our friends, you know, with Mia, Chase, and I know you're making some friends and connections at Arizona State Realm, same with me, um, with, with the friends I've been able to meet online with, that are going to Syracuse next year. So just super pumped to continue to expand our F1 network. You know, I think it's a sport that's growing in America and there's, there's just continues to be more fans piling in piling season after season, you know? So it's a promising, promising time to be an F1 fan. It's an exciting time to be an F1 fan. So we just appreciate your support. Um, You know, listening to two teenagers, just yak it up about Formula One. Uh, we have a lot of fun doing it. I hope you guys have a lot of fun listening to it. So for Mervyn Katie, I'm Shane Holcomb. Until next time, F1 fans, we'll see you for the releases of the Aston Martin and McLaren liveries in a little bit under a week. Peace out. Thank <laughs> you.